He is risen! Yes. Hallelujah. There's a lot of energy in this room this morning. I love it. We're glad that you are. Yes, we're glad that you're here with us this morning, whether yes, you're here in hallelujah. person or online, yeah, as we yeah. do celebrate the greatest event in human history. Yes. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. And there are people all over the world that are celebrating this morning or yesterday, depending on the time zone you're in, or going forward. <laughs> or tomorrow. Or tomorrow, yeah. how it goes. <laughs> it's the, it is the central truth of our faith. Amen. Move my chair here and get adjusted. Because faith and belief in his resurrection power has changed countless lives over the centuries. It started at the very first resurrection that the disciples yep. uh, were a part of, seeing after he, after he ascended back into heaven, they, some of them saw that. And it has been changing lives. The power of that truth has been changing lives down through centuries and millennia. We're, here we are 2,000 years yeah. later. Come on. And the power of his resurrection has not diminished. Amen. It is still there for you to partake of. Jesus Christ, the Bible says, is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? And so he is alive. Yes, he is. By his spirit, he is here and present in this room. That's right. Yep. Which is an awesome thought. And he is alive and willing to change the lives of anybody who calls upon him in sincerity and truth. That's right. Just to call upon him in sincerity and truth. And so what does it mean to call upon Jesus in sincerity and truth? Truth is sometimes defined as reality. Mm -hmm. Truth is reality. Reality is truth. But then I think about this word reality, and I think about reality TV. We're not talking about reality <laughs> as far as what we see on TV. Have you noticed some of the crazy things that are on reality TV these days? Oh, my God. My 600-pound life or Dr. Pimple Popper or just, you know. I thought, when well, some mentioned that to me, I said, well, what do, you, what do they do? And he I said, well, they pop pimples. Know. It was like, they can't do that. That is... <laughs> But they do do that. Oh, Lord. <laughs> now, Hold, you know that's messed up. <laughs> is hoarding, buried alive. TV show? TV show. Real housewives of every city now in the nation. <laughs> yeah. Naked and afraid. I think, who would, who would do these things? <laughs> Help, I'm married to a werewolf. You know? <laughs> no, I made that one up. That's not wait, really wait, real. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm sure that's on the horizon somewhere. Yeah. When it's a full moon. <laughs> I mean, there was a hit TV, MTV drama that began somewhere in the early 90s. I never watched it. But it was called The Real World. You don't have to raise your hand if you're yeah, a fan. <laughs> but it's the beginning. I think that was the beginning of what's now known and commonly called and watched reality TV. Mm, mm. And what they did was uh, they took a group, a small group of young adults. They auditioned them, and then they said, you're just going to all get put together and live in the same apartment in a city, and we're just going to tape your lives. We're going to record everything you say, all the conversations you have, and everything that you do. Mm. And so it gave you a glimpse into the lifestyle and issues that resulted in that. 
this was real life. Sexual flings, hmm. substance abuse resulted. I mean, there, were, there was pregnancy, abortion, relational strife. They called it, it the real world, and in, the sen in that sense, I think, well, it was the real world as it is affected by sin. Right. And it may be called reality TV, but we can't confuse watching reality TV, which is so common today, as a means to finding truth, right? This is my reality, so this is my truth. This is where some of this has been coming from and evolving for some years. We cannot right. confuse what people are calling my truth with the truth. Come on. Come on. Right? So in this day of reality TV and fake news and conspiracy theories and misinformation <laughs> and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram deciding what is true and what they will let you see or not see and cancel culture and they're rewriting history books. Yeah. And just out and out lies that we discover in the media. Come on. We need to ask the important question, what is truth? Where is truth? Can I find truth these days? Because some people are writing books saying already we are living in a post-truth era. Whoa. That's kind of scary. Are you seeking truth this morning? Come on. You're in a good place if you are seeking truth this morning because we have some truth to share. Why do we need truth? Why should we be searchers of truth, seekers of truth? I think because there's something on the inside of all of us that wants and needs to separate true from false. Right. Yeah. Right? I mean, nobody wants to base their life and build their life on something that's fake or false. You don't want to do that in a relationship. You don't want to do that in your families. You don't want to do that with your job. You certainly don't want to do that with your eternity. Yes, come on. So our inner self searches for truth, and when it finds truth, we can build on a solid foundation in our life, which brings our life purpose. It brings our life stability. Right. And unchanging truth is an anchor to our soul. It anchors your soul. So when things in the world shift like they have been shifting right. in the last year and a half, a lot of things have shifted. A lot of things have shifted since the COVID happened. People have experienced difficult family dynamics because of it, whether it has to do with homeschooling, working from home, everybody's at home together with the lockdown. Just a lot of unforeseen things have happened in our lives that have shifted and, and caused emotional stress. Correct. People ha are in sometimes over financial needs or financial insecurity worry and fear over sickness, right? There's been increased violence. There's been increased anger that's growing. Can you feel it in the culture? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just all kinds of dire predictions about the economy or the political scene is just kind of utter chaos, if you will. So the human heart, in the midst of all of it, what does it do? It's searching right. for some stability, some anchor. What is truth? And the human heart needs a bedrock of unchanging truth to build its life upon. You and I need that. Something to, so we can look to the future mm -hmm. with a certain hope and know this is unchanging. Right. This I can build my life upon. We need that in order to live a sane life, a stable life. Come on. And even a fruitful life for the Lord. Because in the midst of all these changes and shifting... The Lord promises us 
stability mm. when we follow truth. That's right. Glory to God. In the story of Jesus, uh, at his trial, before he was crucified, he faced Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate was a uh, Roman governor. Israel had been conquered by Rome, and they came in and really took over. And so here's, here's the governor, he brings up, when he's talking to Jesus, he brings up this word, truth. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he, and so, but outside, there's a mob screaming, yeah. yelling for his death. Yeah. So Pilate calls Jesus into the praetorium. It might, it's just his where, because the Jews couldn't come in because they would have been unclean. And, you know, in so the judgment hall, yeah. in the judgment hall, here comes Jesus. Here's Pilate. Okay. And so what's happening? We'll pick it up in, in John chapter 18. This is right out of the New Testament in your Bibles. Bring a Bible. We're going to learn what Jesus says. Amen? Yeah. We want that bedrock. We want our hearts to be locked down. So whatever comes, we're not shaken by the waves. Amen? Yeah. John 18, 33. Let's start right there. Pilate's asking him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, Are you saying this of yourself? Or have others told you about me? So in the privacy of the judgment hall, away from the crowd, Jesus was asking him an important question. Do you really want to know who I am? Do you really want to know who I am? Or are you just trying to get to answer the mob? Are you just trying to find out to make a judgment? And so let's pick it up here. The next verse, Pilate answered, if I do... In a sense, I don't know your customs. He's a Roman. Your own people, chief priests, have delivered you to me. What have you done? And Jesus answered, My kingdom belongs not to this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my followers would have been fighting to keep me from handed over to the Jews. But that is it. But as it is, my kingdom is not from this world. Meaning, it, it, it has no such origin or source from the world. So Pilate asked him, then you are a king. And Jesus answered, yes, you say correctly that I'm a king. That's why I was born. And for this, I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears and listens to my voice. Pilate says to him, what is truth? And on saying this, he went out to the Jews again and told them, I find no guilt in him. Pilate, what is truth? What is truth? Now, was Pilate really inquiring what truth was? And Jesus in verse 37 says this. It says, I've come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth, genuine, genuinely seeking truth, hears and listens to my voice. And Jesus was really saying, <laughs> I am the voice of truth. Yeah. I'm in front of you right now. 
Pilate heard his voice, but there's a distinction between hearing the sound of a voice speaking and listening. Jesus said, he who hears and listens to my voice. How many of us know that you could be listening to your spouse, you could be hearing your spouse, but you're not listening. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, parents understand this really well, too. You your kids could hear the sound of your voice, right? Hey, honey, be sure you clean up the dishes before I come back, and or you know, be sure that your room is all fixed up before mm-hmm. I get home. And they might be looking at a video game. They give you the nod. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you come home, everything is untouched. The kitchen looks the same. The bedroom looks the same. And they, you look at them. They're like, I, I didn't. I didn't know you said that. Like, what happened? What happened? They heard the sound of words, like moving through the airways. It hit their ears, but it somehow didn't go filter up into the listening part of comprehension and understanding. Like, oh, I get what you really wanted me to do. Hearing and listening is so important. There's actually a communication skill called active listening. Active listening is just when you're purposely wanting To hear what the other person is saying, you're genuinely like tuned in to try to understand the other person's heart when they're talking. Mm -hmm. And it really just involves three simple things. It's focus, like you're focusing your attention on the person. You're you're looking at them. And I said, look, not glare. You know, (laughs) it's like you're looking at them because you want to hear what they're going to say, right? And then you have respect. Yes, come on. For the person who's speaking. Because if you're just thinking about yourself, and we all do this, don't we? I'm thinking, you know, you live together for 40-some years of being married, and it's like, I know what you're going to say already. You don't even have to finish your sentence. Let me just butt in and finish it for you. I'm going hunting. (laughs) So you have to have focus, look at the person, and have respect. Right. Because if you're only thinking about yourself when you're communicating, you cut the person off mid-sentence, you know, you're butting in to finish their sentence mm. for them, yeah. you're not really going to hear the other person's heart. It's like, I already know what you're going to say, and you, you're not paying attention to it. And the, the third thing about active listening is just playing back. In other words, yeah. saying, is this, what I, is this what you really mean? Is this what you're trying to say to me? Because your heart genuinely wants to not just hear the words, but you want to understand and listen to what they're saying. How much better could our marriages be? How much better could our friendships be? If we practice a little bit more active listening, it takes humility and some patience. Calm down. I want to hear. (laughs) Right? And I think about Pilate. He heard Jesus' words. But he wasn't really listening for truth. Yeah. Because he's, truth is standing right in front of him. That's and right. I think, you know, probably in Pilate's, what is truth? Come on. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, Jesus said this just before he went and saw Pilate. He says, and this is found in the Bible, it's John 14, verse 6. Jesus said this. All right, I'll wait till you get there because this is a good place to underline in your Bibles. It's, this is, this is, it is like truth standing in front of you. Yeah. And Jesus has truth that applies to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. 
to everyone. Jesus said, I am the, the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus believes in absolute truth. But few people will acknowledge that uh, there is an absolute truth. Right. It, what, does it, what does it do when you come in contact with absolute truth? It causes you to humble yourself. It requires you to surrender to it. Yeah. And trust it. You know when you believe in an absolute tr truth, there are going to be consequences. There will be consequences with the people that don't believe in absolute truth. Yeah. You could lose friends. Come on now. Mm -hmm. And you will make enemies. Yeah. The standard is the standard. We've heard that before, haven't we? He probably took it from Jesus. <laughs> it was certainly hard in Pilate's day. And it's certainly hard today, isn't it? Pilate, what is truth? You know, consider Pilate's situation. I mean, really, think about it. Think about how he grew up. He knew about the Roman gods. And he knew about emperor worship. Is that true? Pilate knew about the Greek gods. Is that truth? Now he's standing in Jerusalem with these devout Jews, and the Jews say there is only one God. And the man standing in front of him is the Son of God. Is he fake? What is truth, he says. Outside, there's a mob clamoring, making noise, yelling for Jesus' crucifixion, yelling for his crucifixion. Here's Pilate again. You know, in Matthew, it says his wife sent a message to him. Yeah, yeah. And said, I had a dream that was really disturbing to me last night. And he goes, she says, don't have anything to do with this righteous man. But the mob is out there. The mob is pounding, yelling, screaming. <laughs> Pilate needed to make a decision. Yes, he did. So here's what he does. Matthew 27, 24 says this. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, oh boy. he took water and he washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I'm innocent of this man's blood. It's like, do what you want with him. See to it you yourselves. Yeah, that's what he said. Do it yourself. So Pilate, though, doesn't take a stand for truth. Come on now. Yeah, it was too risky. He, he played the middle ground there. He was convinced, it says, of Jesus' innocence, really. Right. Because he said, like, that he's an innocent man. I don't see any guilt in him. But in his desire to please the Roman government, he could have lost his position. Right. His coveted position with power with the government. 
and to gain acceptance of the people. The mob is out there saying, <laughs> crucify him. He just let the mob rule. Yeah. He didn't make a decision. And so the mob's rule, if you will, the mob's truth held sway in that situation because they're shouting, he's a blasphemer. Mm -hmm. Crucify him. But that was not the truth. That was the mob's truth. It was not the truth. And it's the same thing that we see today. The Bible has so much relevancy to the situations because human nature... <laughs> Without God is all the same, all down through the centuries. We are not evolving. Come on now. <laughs> Without Christ, there is no getting better. There is no movement into life. Right. But we do see the mob's truth shouting all over our nation today. We see shouting in politics, in sports, in universities. Yep. And, but just because a person or a group has a large following on Instagram or Twitter, <laughs> a lot of media followers, they, they make a lot of noise, they have a lot of money, they have a lot of influence in Hollywood or politics, doesn't yeah. mean what they are preaching and saying and proclaiming is truth. No, because behind it all, our culture, yeah. the world is saying now, truth is flexible. My truth your truth. Uh -huh. Truth has just become relative. There. there is a sign. We've mentioned this before in Oslo, Norway. Big, bright lights, all in letters, all over this public bridge that people drive over, walk over. Truth is flexible. Yeah. Right down from the parliament. Yeah. If truth is flexible, consider the domino effect that this is going to have, and it is having yes, it is. on our society and Come culture. On. Because justice and the ability to decide between right and wrong, good and evil, becomes flexible. If there's no truth to stand on, if it's my truth or your truth, which way do we go? This may be wrong for you, but it's right for me. Come on now. Who will decide? How will we decide? So if justice and right and wrong and what's considered good and evil is increasingly flexible, then guess what? Law and order yep. Come on now. becomes increasingly flexible. And we're seeing that today. Yep. When truth, then injustice are flexible, then lawlessness will increase in the land. Come on now. And it is increasing in the land. And this is exactly what Jesus told us would happen. In Matthew 24, the lawlessness at the end of the age would increase because of the love of the great body is just going to grow cold and there's going to be a rise in deception Come on. in the world. We are seeing this unfold right, right before, before our eyes. That's right. You know, do a little research on states that have adjusted laws and redefined them, redefined criminal activity all because of uh, covid in a, a law in Philadelphia. That's in Pennsylvania, folks. <laughs> it's That's in the Philadelphia <laughs> we are referring to. <laughs> Criminal behavior has been redefined, listen to me, on the account of COVID. Because it, they want to protect the criminals so they don't get COVID. They didn't want an outbreak in the jail or in the prisons. 
So it's been legislated in in Pennsylvania, in Philadelphia only right now, prostitution, stolen automobiles, burglary, vandalism, bad checks has been redefined as okay. Come on now. In San Francisco, listen to this. In San Francisco, petty theft, shoplifting from the store, property of a store, uh, you don't get arrested unless it's over $950. So who's going to be wearing the designer jeans, huh? <laughs> uh, this is right no, before our true. face. This it's is the true. signs of the times. Yeah. This is where God is calling his church to wake up. No longer sleeping, no longer just, oh, well, that's how it is. It hasn't affected me. It's time for the church to rise up. It's time for the church to start to live in truth, amen? Amen. In Baltimore, it's no longer criminal behavior for drug possession or selling drugs. It's no longer criminal for trespassing or, listen, open container in public or urinating in public. The chief of police said this. This is an actual quote. These crimes pose no risk to public safety. Selling drugs? Schools now have curriculums teaching critical race theory, telling our kids how terrible and hateful our country has been. Hey, listen, this church, this this nation is not perfect. There's not another nation in the world that's perfect. That's right. Come on now. (laughs) Really. And the values, biblical values, are being attacked viciously right now. And that's what really built this country up. That's why this country was strong and people looked to this. But if our country is so bad and so oppressive... Why are the borders have thousands of people who want to get in here? They're risking their lives to come to the United States of America. Yeah. Grade school, sex education with explicit cartoon character of body parts. And sexual freedom is encouraged. Now birth certificates have three lines. Male, female, or other. And now listen, listen, this is, this is, this is really happening. Because science has arbitrarily said, and this is a quote, it is not possible to determine gender at birth. (laughs) What? What is wrong? See here, the delusion that God said was coming on the earth is happening right now. And the key is, if we don't stick to the truth, we can fall into it and lose our high position as Christians yeah. because you are a royal priesthood. Yes. You, we, we are. We are a holy nation. Yes. Jesus yeah. said his kingdom is not of this world, remember. Yeah. And you are a citizen of heaven if, right. if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Right. Yeah. If I could just go on with a couple more <laughs> Who needs notes? <laughs> Strange things. Yeah, the use on. of gender, neutral pronouns. The dictionaries are being oh, rewritten yes. to include all he, she, they for non-binary, people who claim non-binary or gender to be gender fluid. And 
there have been professors, people are losing their jobs mm -hmm. over right. the debate on this because soon we will have a designated language that we must use, that we must all use, or risk arrest. Mm -hmm. I've read about parents being arrested right, for Canada. not you know, using the proper pronoun with their child and professors being are losing their jobs in universities just in debate over this. Just looking up some of these things, there's a church in, they call it a church, it's, a, it's called Grace Church in New York. That, that has a private school telling its students that we no longer will use labels like mom and dad. We don't want you to hear you say, refer to your mom or dad as mom or dad. Right. But call them my grown-ups. This is, I, yep. it's true. It's, Call them my folks. Refer to them as my family because we do not want to infringe and pass judgment on a gender preference or a sexual orientation. Do not designate yourself as a boy or girl. This is written in the, right. the guidelines. Is. Do not use the words boys or girls. Say, I'm a person. Because grace means we are, not, we are going to avoid making judgments on a person's fluid sexuality. This was, these are written right, right off of their guideline page for students. Or the Satanic Temple, the mm. church, they call themselves a church, uh, has sued Texas over their right to abortion. Calling it a religious ceremony to free a woman from guilt. Yeah, and shame. Folks, we are living in some rapidly changing times. Come on. Where truth has become relative. It's a matter of personal opinion. Yeah. It's a matter of my reality. It's a matter of my truth. And, if, you know, and when we have a death of an absolute truth, what's going to happen? It's going to unhinge what? all of society, all the values and the norms of society, especially biblical values, which was... This is what this country was built on. Without absolute guidelines for truth, everything, including evil, comes up to the table for debate. This is my truth. This is my preference. So where does it end? Look, I'll tell you, truth is not flexible. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Just like Pilate, we have to make a decision. We are in a crossroads in our time. Pilate stood before the personification of truth. Jesus is truth. And yet he missed it. He missed it. And we don't want to make the same mistake. Jesus isn't here in the flesh, but I'll tell you what. We're holding out the word of truth, the word of life right here. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, Christianity might be exclusive, but it's open to everybody. That's right, yeah. And Jesus, after the Last Supper, knowing that he, within hours, would be facing the cross, he prays for his disciples. He yeah, prays yeah. for his disciples and future followers of who we are right here. Yes. And this, is, this part of John 17 is not on the PowerPoint. I'm going to begin reading in verse 14. 
of John chapter 17, he said, I've given them, he's praying to the Father, and he's saying, Father, I've given them your word. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I'm not of the world. Hallelujah. I don't ask you to take them out of the world, uh-huh. but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. And then he says this in John 17, 17. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Yes. The word of God That's is right. truth. Come on. That's right. And so he says, as, as you sent me into the world, the Father sent Jesus into the world. Just as the Father sent Jesus, Jesus says, so I'm sending them That's us. into the world. That's us. And so knowing truth Standing for truth, proclaiming truth would be the anchor for them. Amen. In the midst of what is called in Philippians a crooked and perverse generation, right? We are called to do this. We are called to know the truth. We are called to do this in love and humility. We're not called to hammer this on people. We are called to proclaim it in love and humility because just as you said, it might sound exclusive but the love of God is going out, calling people to salvation, calling yes. people to be a part of his family. Come on. And so the church is meant to be a bright light shining out in a dark place. Hallelujah. We are in a dark place. Jesus prayed, don't take them out of the world. Why? Because the world needs you and me to go out and proclaim some light, proclaim some truth. Yes. Come on. What's the truth we're celebrating this morning? Yeah. <laughs> the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yes. This is reality. This is absolute truth. Yes. Hallelujah. John chapter 11, verse 25. Jesus is letting everybody know. <laughs> yeah. He wants everybody to walk the path. Jesus says, I am the resurrection yeah. and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? The resurrection of Jesus Christ is unique to the Christian church. Because no other religious figure ever has predicted his own resurrection and then accomplished it. Especially over thousands of years predicted. Come on, right. All the other religions of the world, their founders who lived in the past, it's only a legacy that they've presented. Because they are still in the grave. Muhammad died at age 61. Boy, if you, (laughs) you read about him, he was, you just go ahead and read about it. He died June 8th, 632 A.D. He's still dead. (laughs) Confucius died. He's dead. Buddha died. He's dead. It almost sounds like a song. (laughs) 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 But Jesus Christ is alive. Yes. Do you believe this? Yes. Do you believe this? Yes. Hallelujah. 
Jesus said his kingdom. There we are. That his kingdom was not of this world. Not of this world. He was born to bear witness to the truth. And this is not something that you just understand with your mind. Come on, that's it. His voice, it says, bears witness deep inside of your heart. Because his kingdom is not of this world. So it's a spiritual reality that he's asking us to open our heart to. He was born, it said, to bear witness to the truth. Yes. Of what? For Of your existence. Why you're here, the purpose for your life. It says in the scripture that we read, everyone who is of the truth hears and listens mm. to my voice. That's right. And he's speaking. He's speaking right now. He speaks through his people. Because anyone born of God's spirit carries the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. And so we are God's hands and feet in the earth. Amen. Come on. And so when we speak, we speak the truth, our prayer is that you're not really hearing my voice or his voice. You're hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, the very spirit of Jesus. Yes. And he's still calling people to believe. Do you, do you believe this? Do you believe this? You aren't here in the earth to find and discover your own truth. There is only one truth. Come on. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So he came. Why did Jesus come? Why did the Father send him into the world? To forgive you. Yes. To pay a penalty for your sin. And make a way for you, not only to receive forgiveness of your sin, but to make a way for you back to the Father. Hallelujah. Because this was the plan of the Bible from the beginning to the end. Yes. God making a plan for a family. For sons and daughters to be loved, to be blessed, to be one with him. Amen. And then to experience eter eternity with him. And see, what happened in the garden through Adam and Eve traveled down through every generation. Your sins separated you from a holy God, from God the Father who loved you. Had a plan and purpose for your life from the foundation of the world. But here's we go back to justice, because God the Father is also a God of perfect justice. He's, he's a perfect and righteous judge. Yes, he is. When you read the Bible, these are part of his personality, part of who he is. And in God's heavenly courtroom, and then we're all going to be there. Sin demanded a, a penalty. Sin broke God's perfect law. And it's unchanging, right. the result of that. It demanded a penalty, and that penalty meant condemnation and death, everlasting torment in hell, forever separated from him. That's what's at stake, and that grieved the heart of the Father. It grieved his heart. So he sent his son, mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, into the earth to destroy the work of the devil yeah. Jesus lived a sinless life. He died a criminal's death on the cross, not because he deserved it, because we did. Yeah. Yeah. But he was willing in love to take that penalty upon himself. Worship you, Jesus. And when he died, he went into the grave for three days. And then the Spirit of God came upon him in power. The Holy Spirit's power came upon him in that grave. When we were justified, right. when the full penalty for That's your right. sin and my sin mm -hmm. 
of the world. This is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So that whoever would believe in the son and why the son came would not perish but have eternal life. This is the good news. Yes. Yeah. So how do you receive his life? How do we receive? How do we call upon him? We said in sincerity and truth. Yes. Because his power and his life is still available today for all who would call upon him in sincerity and truth. What does it require? Well, it does require something from your heart. It is a free gift. Salvation is a free gift. Just as Jason read that scripture from Ephesians. For by grace you are saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It's a gift from God. You could never do enough righteous things right. to be perfect. Who's ever lived a perfect life? None of us. <laughs> so Jesus took our place. Yes, he did. He took our penalty. He took our place. But it does require something from our heart. It requires surrender. That's what, that's what Jesus is asking when he said, do you hear and listen to my voice? Do you want to know truth? Then you, you, I'm asking you to surrender and trust yes. in humility. Bow your knee, ask and receive the forgiveness that he offers. It takes humility. But it'll change your life. That's when the resurrection power comes. There has to be a death first before life comes. And even in that sense, when we come to Christ, whether we realize it or not, we are dying to our old self. We are we dying. Yeah. And, we're, and then in that death and saying, I'm turning away from my old life, from sin. I want you. That's when the resurrection life comes. Come and it's not just a gift of salvation, but it's a gift of purpose. Yeah. It's a gift of knowing the Father, the Father's love. And it's a gift that will carry on into all eternity with you. God. Do you believe this? Say, so do you believe this? When you surrender your life and you live by the truth, it's an amazing journey. I want to ask, if you have not given Jesus Christ your life, I mean, you surrendered. And you're ready to do that today. I want you to raise your hand so high enough so I can see it. And when I see it, you can put it back down. And we're going to pray a prayer. And the spiritual reality of it is when you surrender your heart to Him, recognize that you're a sinner. You've disobeyed God, just like everyone. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So everybody needs a Savior. Jesus Christ came to save you. And He is by His Spirit is here right now drawing you, asking you. He is saying, do you believe this? Is there anybody in this place today? Or maybe you're just listening online to yes. the sound of our voice. You want to surrender your life to Jesus? If you do, I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you pray this prayer from your heart, you will be born again. You will receive resurrection life. And there ain't no grave that will hold you down. That's right. And so let's just bow our heads and if you want to pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I believe in your death. I believe in your burial. 
I believe in your resurrection from the grave. You shed your blood on the cross for the forgiveness of my sin. And I'm opening up my heart to receive your love. I'm opening up my heart today to receive your forgiveness. I thank you for forgiving me. I thank you for washing me clean of all my sin and welcoming me into your family. Help me, Father, to live for you from this day forward. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen.